0: content warning the following episode includes discussion of domestic violence sexual assault and sexual abuse including the sexual abuse of children listener discretion is advised this episode was originally a patreon exclusive released in april 2019 after the cable docuseries surviving r kelly debuted The documentary focused on allegations against singer R. Kelly, real name Robert Kelly. These allegations included holding young women and girls captive and the sexual assault of these captives. Since this episode of Potstirer Podcast was originally released, Robert Kelly has been made to answer for several charges in a court of law. He has been charged with crimes in federal courts in New York and Chicago. In the New York case, prosecutors used the RICO statute, a law typically used to fight organized crime to go after Kelly. On September 27, 2021, Robert Kelly was convicted of nine federal counts, including one count for racketeering and eight counts of violating the Mann Act, a law that prohibits the transportation of individuals across state lines for the purposes of criminal sexual activity, which would include sex trafficking and rape. Kelly's sentencing is currently scheduled for May 4th, 2022, and he is facing between 10 years and life in prison. Prosecutors are expected to ask for at least 20 years. Regardless of the sentencing outcome, Kelly has brought in additional lawyers for the New York case and it's expected to appeal. As for the Chicago case, that trial is scheduled to begin August 1st, 2022. He will be facing 11 additional federal counts related to child pornography, obstruction of justice, and sexual abuse. And he still faces additional state charges in Illinois and Minnesota. In 2019, in the wake of Surviving R. Kelly, my brother Irvin Johnson II, co-founder of the manga publisher and independent media company, Shining Otaku Comics, joined me to discuss the series and the allegations. This conversation was the basis of two episodes. One was a regular episode released March 24th, 2019, called R. Kelly and the Me Too Movement. If you haven't had the opportunity to listen to that, definitely check that out. The other episode was released as a bonus episode called the Pied Piper of R&B. We discussed more of our thoughts in relation to R. Kelly, as well as child molestation allegations against the late King of Pop, Michael Jackson. In addition, we switched gears and for a palate cleanser, we talked about Urban's company and content creation. It was a conversation that was at times heavy, but we enjoyed it. And I hope you also enjoy this episode. This month's Patreon bonus episode features some additional segments that came from a conversation with my brother Irvin related to R&B superstar and accused sexual abuser R. Kelly and a surviving R. Kelly documentary. For the main meat of our conversation, check out episode 49. This bonus episode includes tangents and other material that didn't make it into episode 49, but I thought you might find thought-provoking or entertaining. Irvin and I are very close, and I enjoyed the conversation. I hope you enjoy listening to it. I am your host, Jay Poole, and this is Potstirer Podcast. In this segment, Irwin and I are discussing the R. Kelly song and video series Trapped in the Closet, where several events occur in succession that are increasingly strange and absurd. I don't mean to go on a tangent, but I mean, going back to him expressing himself through his art, how convoluted and weird and messed up that whole series was. That spoke to, I think that in a way that kind of spoke to how messed up his mind is.
1: <laughs> and it wasn't like there was some good lesson at the end of the road or whatever that you, reason why you came up with that.
0: He's messed up in the head. Hmm. Yeah. And in a sense, it's sort of, it's him telling himself through his music.
1: So you got to have somebody to tell it to. I
0: said,
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Somebody got to listen. Mm-hmm. You know, and then I'm just surprised that continuously. I was like, man, like people are bailing them out, you know, all that kind of stuff. I was like, I'm like, man, I'm like, I'm like, you almost seem like you rivaling Trump. I'm just being real, you know, where Trump seems like, you know, he he says he can do whatever he wants to do half the time. And, you know, you can do anything when you're famous. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, Trump says he can do all that stuff. So I'm thinking like, man, are you sure you're not the the black Trump, you know, (laughs) doing whatever you want to do, you know, and then acting innocent. (laughs) Right
0: there's a reason why i guess he called himself the pie piper -Piper. of yeah the pie piper r&b it does make sense like i don't know if you know do you know the story of the pie piper
1: yeah yeah, i remember you told me the story actually a long time ago so i know i know what the story is
0: right and i guess like for for listeners to make a fairy tale as short as possible this was based in germany and it was about a guy that He's called Pie Piper because of how he dressed. He had clothes of different colors. He came into the town and he told the villagers that he could get rid of their rats. And so he played music and the rats went away and the town loved it, but then they didn't pay him. So then he came back. And when he came back, he played a song that attracted all the children of the town. And then he led the children away. Never to be seen again.
1: That sounds just <laughs> like our like the modern, like the like it's almost like you're 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 um living the actual fairy tale out.
0: He just can't help but to tell on himself. Yeah, it doesn't seem to make a difference. Or at least it hasn't for a long time. And it is just I don't know, it's just messed up.
1: <laughs> I'm just I don't know. Like, I mean, I feel like people we can all talk about how messed up it is or how he's doing all of I'm just wondering what's actually gonna be done. It's, you know, about it. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, at this point, I mean, yeah, I guess you could say, oh, he's having some money troubles, but it's like, well, that's it, you know? <laughs> like-
0: and actually, I kind of want to get into this a little bit. I think that if you can start to get people to turn on him, and I think it's easier for that to happen when he's not as popular, then potentially you could see some measure of justice. Which is sad, like that You, it takes him not having the same amount of power as he has for years.
1: We got to step in the name of love, man. Come on. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think and speaking of <laughs> that. <can't> listen <laughs> to that one anymore. In this segment, we go off on a tangent from the main conversation about R. Kelly to talk about the late Michael Jackson, who was recently the subject of the documentary Leaving Neverland in which new allegations were made that Jackson molested young
1: boys. Do you think Michael Jackson did what they say he did with uh, those uh, two uh, men? You know, now men, but back then boys.
0: Yeah, I haven't. I need to actually watch that because I haven't watched that one. And I'm not as familiar with their particular stories. I remember at the time, like, when I was, I don't know, because I kind of was on the fence, I think, when I was younger, and I would follow, like, Michael Jackson. And I remember, actually, when the trial happened and when he was found not guilty, I think I might mention to you, I was in the car with Dad, you know, we were out somewhere, and like, I was, I remember being in the car and hearing the not guilty verdict on the radio.
1: Yeah, I remember you told me about that.
0: And know that for a long time, I kind of questioned it. I mean, it's one of those things that keeps coming up, though. And yeah, it is, it is. it's very Might similar. He wasn't quite as obvious as R. Kelly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think that with Michael Jackson, it was still a thing of like, okay, these were accusations that kept coming up, kept coming up. And the it, it wasn't like, okay, this one time, and then, in I guess in a sense, it is kind of similar to R. Kelly. Even afterwards, then you see him with kids. It's like, really? This is probably not a good look for you.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. And he would sleep in the bed with the kids and all that kind of stuff. So it's like, I mean, in his case, I say I don't really know. I haven't One, I haven't watched the, the whole documentary. I've seen part of it. I feel a little bit different about it so far, just because not saying it's not true. I want to make sure I'm clear about that. I'm not saying it's not true. If anybody's thinking that, I'm not saying that by any means. But one, I don't think that there's the same kind of evidence out there like you kind of have for R. Kelly, which leads me to believe that R. Kelly has done all the things that he's done, Mm -hmm. you know, or, or allegedly that he's done in Michael Jackson's case. As far as we know, I haven't seen any sort of footage, which I wouldn't really want to see, to be honest with you, you know, but yeah, I haven't seen any sort of footage like that's been released or heard about any kind of footage that's been released in regards to that. He's not alive to be able to say his his side at all, you know, or to give some sort of perspective, at least in the here and now, as far as what their claims are. So he can't refute it. And then on top of that, with their documentary, more importantly, I felt like it was really only told from their perspective versus the R. Kelly stuff talked about it from multiple different perspectives as I you know said earlier you know you had you know of course the women you know and these are women that um you know over time not just you know one particular part of his life but you know in different parts of his life even even more in the current even women I think there was even a woman who had an allegation or you know or after he had uh, been cleared of the charges you know because she was like a Major supporter of her of his, I forget what her name was, and I do apologize. I don't remember any of the names, but yeah, you know, I remember she was a you know a big supporter, and then she ended up, of course, you know, being in the documentary because he ended up choking her out and raping her. Yeah, uh, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but kind of going back to the whole Michael Jackson thing, it was more told from the perspective of the uh, two alleged victims. I kind of feel like. You didn't really get the different perspectives, like you got in R. Kelly, where you even got his brothers saying, "Yeah, this is what we think." You have people to work with him and all that. So I kind of feel like I'm like not saying it can't. It, it, it's not true, right? You know, and I'm not saying that by any means, and not saying that I wouldn't that I can't be convinced because I mean I'm you know certainly open to hearing what it is, but I guess I really don't know. And then I feel like I would need to see a little bit more, hear a little bit more. I guess to be more clear about that. Like I'd have to be here, get more evidence at the very least maybe some other perspectives that are outside of that circle, if that makes any sense.
0: Right. I think probably the main thing that makes me a little bit uneasy about the Michael Jackson thing is that is the fact that he's no longer with us. Like since he's dead, he can't speak. He can't defend himself. He can't say anything about these newest allegations. I haven't seen that new documentary. I haven't seen, wasn't leaving that need, Leaving, leaving Never- Never- yeah, Neverland. Leaving Neverland. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it's mainly from the perspective of those newest accusers. And yeah, which is fine, right? I don't know. I guess like he's not here to say it, to defend himself. And it's basically like his kids that are left and hearing about, oh, daddy may have done
1: this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong now, right? If he did these things. Uh-huh, then that's on you him. You know, and if I say, you know, well. I'm gonna say this, right? Uh huh. This is probably gonna be pretty controversial. Some some people may not, not like what I'm gonna say. I'm not so sure I would stop <laughs> listening to his music, personally, if he did those things. Not saying that's a good thing, but mm-hmm. this is what I like. But I would be completely for any kind of like, because I know I was talking to somebody about this, like dismantling of like stuff that honors Michael Jackson. Like if someone, if like they wanted to remove his star in the Walk of Fame. I think they should do that if he did those things. You know, I think if they had any kind of statue of Michael Jackson, they should remove that. Anything that honored him I before, the only reason why I'm a little bit different with the music isn't just because, like, you know, I like Michael Jackson's music because, I mean, I did like R-, R. Kelly's music or whatnot, too. It's mainly the fact that Michael Jackson, is not like it's supporting him anymore. If I say I didn't listen to it, it's like, well, it's not like it's going to matter to Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson's not here. It's not going to come out of Michael Jackson's pocket if Michael Jackson doesn't have a pocket for it to come out of. You know, he's dead. In R. Kelly's case, I'm like, oh, of course I'm not going to listen to R. Kelly's stuff, you know, because I'm, like, I'm about to support that man. Right. <laughs> I don't want him to get his bills paid. But I would completely understand if somebody wouldn't want to listen to Michael Jackson after, you know, all this, or if they were convinced. So I definitely I would respect that. I don't know. I just think uh, in Michael Jackson's case. Unless there's, like, some more evidence that comes forth, I kind of feel like we would need to. Or maybe, you know, if there's something in that documentary I didn't know about that, since I didn't complete the documentary, you know, I am admitting that I haven't completed it. Unless something else comes forward about it, then I kind of feel like there's not really enough for me to feel the same way about it as I do in R. Kelly's case, because that, to me, feels more open and shut.
0: I need to watch it. I haven't watched Leaving No No. Why do I keep messing up the name of that thing? Leaving Never Neverland.
1: Now that always has been strange to me that it's like he has like the, the or he had that like amusement park type thing. And right. it's called Neverland and it's like kids and all that. But I'm like, <laughs> man, I'm like, he might have been telling on himself in a way. I don't actually, know. Actually,
0: that is a good point. I never thought about that, but it's that's like actually a really good pan, point.
1: Mm-hmm. Never wants to grow up, you know, and running around with the kids. You know, now I mean and i'm not i'm not trying to sound like i'm some kind of sympathizer when i say this but like i mean maybe i mean because it's clear that man had mental problems like michael jackson i mean maybe he just had a mental problem where he thought felt like he was a kid but i feel like i'm like "Eh, i don't know man i'm like i think people did have a reason to think you might be a pedophile. you know right i mean especially if you're to me if you're sleeping in the bed with the kid i'm like come on bro like mm -hmm. that's that seems kind of even if you know, especially if people told you like, hey, man, I know you didn't have a childhood, but, you know, that's kind of seems kind of pedal. I mean, you would have thought that's 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 the thing I don't get with either one of these cases, actually, to be honest with you, is that once somebody brought it to their attention, I would have thought they would have been like, you know what? That wasn't my intention. If they didn't do this stuff, they'd be like, it wasn't my intention, but I don't want to give off that appearance. So I'm gonna stop.
0: And that's the thing that's kind of weird thinking about some more. I guess I could kind of see similarities between Michael Jackson and R. Kelly. I mean, now with Michael Jackson, I think a lot of it is because... Okay, so he grew up in the limelight, right? And he had been performing since he was a little kid. And yeah, and he wasn't allowed to really have a childhood. He was basically made to be an adult, young. And from my understanding, he was exposed to sexual situations when he was young too. Yeah, cuz he was with his older brothers on the road and all of that. And so with that, I could see him having issues as an adult. Now, of course, like I don't know if he ever had an opportunity to talk to somebody, he probably should have talked to somebody. So he had that upbringing, he was going to have issues as an adult. You know, and I think that him creating Neverland, like it was a manifestation of that. So it was like, oh, well, let me get all these things and let me do all these things that I didn't get a chance to do as a kid. And since he had all this money and he was so famous at the time, then it's like he had the means to basically create everything he wanted. So I mean, I could see it in on that level, right? Mm-hmm. But but then on another level, there is a grooming piece of that allegedly. oh yeah, i can
1: definitely see that you know yeah
0: i mean you have all this money and you've created what amounts to an amusement park that any kid would love the heck out of right if you're a little kid and you go somewhere and it's like oh there's rides and there's animals and all these things i could do for fun and it's all like on this estate and so I think, in a sense, kind of looking back on it, potentially it could have been a place to groom young kids. And it would have been easy to groom them because, okay, you're this huge pop star. You're the king of pop. And you are super famous and having these kids come in, right? Okay, you see this as a kid, that this huge, famous person, Michael Jackson, I mean, I know you were around for kind of the tail end of it, I guess. But I grew up in the 80s as well as the 90s. And, I mean, I remember him during, like, the bad and the thriller years. Well, particularly, I would say the bad years. Thriller, I was probably a little young for that. But,
1: Your age is showing.
0: You know, but, hey, I don't care. Like, yeah, listeners know about, have an idea of how old I probably am. <laughs> and so, I mean, but, yeah, I mean, I'm probably a little young for remembering how thriller was, but bad i remember bad being huge so he was a mega star i don't even think you really have stars like that to the same degree now
1: wonder if he was telling on himself in bad
0: I mean, maybe but like he, i know I'm, I'm yeah, but, play, well like, yeah but i don't think like, he's <laughs> not i don't think here's the thing like i don't think michael jackson did well i mean there were maybe a few songs where he talked about not having a childhood and Things like that. So there were ones that kind of seemed a little autobiographical, but it wasn't, I don't think, like R. Kelly. Because I think some of the stuff that he was talking about, because he would talk about, especially in his early music, he would talk a lot about, like, girls and dating. But then, at the same time, I know that the documentary, even though I haven't seen it, I have heard that it mentions that there are allegations going back to
1: 1979. Ooh, Yeah. Yeah, I definitely didn't watch that much of the movie. I think I watched about 20 minutes, Uh you know. I had to watch the whole thing now, Okay,
0: yeah, because now that's kind of what makes me wonder, because I haven't heard of it going back that far. Like, I thought it was, like, it maybe went back to, like, the 90s. But I didn't think it went back to 79, because that was when he came out with Off the Wall. That was, like, his first solo album back when, you know, before. Before he he was
1: real, real, real big.
0: Right, you know. I mean, he was still big. But it was before like Thriller and Bad. If he was allegedly doing that kind of stuff back then, like whoa, bro! You well, I know, I guess
1: once somebody's like that, that's just how they are.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not they, saying
1: not saying they, not saying a person can't change because I mean I believe people have the capacity to change, but
0: yeah, but I it's mean, very that... hard to. It's hard. I I have heard that it is very difficult to rehabilitate sex offenders.
1: Oh yeah, you I mean, oh, know, well, I'm like I can definitely believe that for sure. Mm -hmm. You know, because you have a lot of people that do that stuff and then become repeat offenders, you know?
0: Well, yeah, sex is such a core part of who people are. And then also when you marry people having, say, issues with, with rage or violence or like they want to prey on people, that's not stuff that you just easily break out of. Like, that's why, like, I mean, I would say it's sort of almost like, and I hate to say it like this, but it's sort of almost like alcoholism. In the sense that if you're an alcoholic and you stop drinking, then it's probably a bad idea to go
1: to a bar
0: or to hang out somewhere where there's liquor. Because D.R.
1: Kelly, stop going to them high schools.
0: Right. Well, but that's the thing. It's like, like you have somebody who's a predator and then it's like, well, but then if they have to go out in the real world, then it's going to be hard for them to stay away from whoever they prefer as their prey.
1: Well, they got to figure out. My, my thing is that you need to go get some counseling so you can figure out why you even have the urge to do those sort of things, you know? Right. I mean, like with alcoholics, I mean, they have Alcoholics Anonymous. I mean, I don't know what they have for sex offenders, but.
0: Yeah, I mean, they you have. Know. I mean, I know that there's like stuff for sex addicts, but sex addicts are different than sex offenders. I mean, generally, sex addicts are okay with consent, it's a compulsion for them to have a lot of sex. Yeah. And I guess the problem with sex offenders, though, is that if they reoffend, like, so if somebody who's an alcoholic decides to drink, that's gonna be bad for them. And I mean, yeah, it might hurt their family as far as like seeing them in that state, but it's not like a direct, I'm gonna hurt you, unless they get behind the wheel of a car, obviously. But that in isolation is only gonna hurt that person. But when you're talking about a sex offender reoffending, that's victimizing another person. That's putting somebody else into your mess. Irvin is the author of an action comic called "Gods of Life," which is written in a Japanese manga style. We chat a bit about the main character, Amiri, and drawing inspiration from real-life people and experiences. So were there any like specific inspirations for Amiri? As far as creating her character and the traits that you gave her, where does she come from as she was being developed?
1: There are several different things I draw from, or several different places I draw inspiration for, at least when it came to creating Amiri's character. When it comes to one of her major, I would say, personality traits, this actually does come from me with this major personality trait. And that's her indecisiveness. It's so key to her her um her whole character, you know, when she makes decisions, even her going into this whole mercenary life thing, you know, she's listening to Carmen, but then there are so many times where she has no idea which direction she wants to take, which she wants to do. She once she has her mindset, she's all for it. But getting to that point is the most difficult thing. It's like every decision she makes is a life decision, whether it's just like in the first chapter, her being with her sister. Trying to decide what kind of ice cream she wants, you know, and her sister getting so annoyed because they're waiting there for like an hour, and they don't, and you know, she's trying to make the decision, you know, what what kind of ice cream she wants, you know, and it's like who takes that long to decide something like that, right? You know, or if it's even in combat, deciding whether or not she needs to kill this bad guy who's trying to kill her, (laughs) you Mm -hmm. know, like you know, it's like okay, this guy's coming after you, and it's and and really it's because she doesn't know how to commit to things. And when she does commit, she's all in. But it's getting to that point, you know, making that final decision. And another piece of her character, I would say, um, you know, that was drew inspiration from, like, as far as like her interactions, I would say, would be from my sisters, you know, so you, Jay, and then you know, of course, Vanessa. Like, for example, certain interactions that you know they might have, you know, like the um, and obviously there's some of these chapters you haven't you haven't yet seen, but like interactions between. Amiri and Sienna, you know, her sister Sienna, or, you know, maybe even interaction with Amiri and her father, like in flashbacks when people see those. You know, those are definitely inspired through there.
0: That sounds really cool. I know that Amiri is a very unique character. I've enjoyed reading Gods of Life. I know I'm your older sister and everything, but I mean, I think it's really awesome that you've been into manga and you've been into like this type of art and this type of like creativity for a long time and that this is what you're doing that actually makes me really proud
1: oh thank you i do appreciate that you know oh go ahead oh no go ahead oh no i was just gonna say you know and one of the things about creating manga i want to be clear about this is that because this is something this is going to be kind of off tangent but this is just in case anybody out there is wanting to make manga If you're wanting to make manga, please don't just draw your inspirations just for manga. I just want to say that because I feel like I know a lot of aspiring creators or people who are out there who are making their own manga that only draw their inspiration from manga and they don't really even fully understand how that medium works, you know, or why some of the the mangas that some of us out there may love, you know, whether it's Hunter Hunter or Bleach or I know people hate on Bleach, but, you know, I like Bleach. But it does have its problems. But Hunter, Hunter, Yu Hakusho, or something like that, right? You have certain key things in the main characters that either reflect the main character's environment or, you know, may even reflect something in the culture that the story is being told in. I mean, you think about a lot of... I'm just going to use this because it's the most common example, but in a lot of shonen manga, a lot of times you have the kid that's in high school and a lot of times they show him sitting by the window looking out the window he's waiting for something to happen during the school day right that's because that is something that is relatable very relatable in the japanese audience and i feel like i'll see instances where and i'm not saying you can't do this but you know you'll have every creator even in the west doing that and it's like if you want to make something original as much as you can, because I obviously can make it perfect, you know, perfectly. There's obviously going to be inspirations or things you may have in there that may not be the most original. But if you want to do that, then you definitely want to take as much inspiration you can from real life and then also have and use that as inspire or use that as your inspiration to write, as well as if you need some other guidance, maybe even getting inspiration from other mediums. And it doesn't just have to be Of course, manga doesn't have to just be Western comics. You know, it can be film. It doesn't have to just be, that can be anything, you know? Inspiration comes in many different forms, you know? So you just want to make sure that if you're wanting to create, and this doesn't even just go for creating manga with anything. I think it's important to have inspirations from all over. And when it comes to Amiri, I definitely try to, as a creator, gather as much inspiration I can to not only, you know, make her a better character, but to make the world that she's in more immersive for the reader.
0: I hope you enjoyed these extras from my conversation with Irvin. If you're interested in reading Gods of Life, check out ShiningOtaku.com. Thank you very much for listening to this bonus episode of Potstirer Podcast. Stay tuned for full-length regular episodes, as well as Potstirer scoops. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Prime, or on your favorite podcast app. Go to potstirrpodcast.com slash download and you'll see the links. Subscribing gets you new episodes once they come out so you don't have to wait. If you enjoyed the podcast, please give it five stars and leave a review. And I'm always on Twitter, so follow me there at potstirrcast. I'm Jay Poole. Let's fight for America's future because freedom is not free.